You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. For those in the room, I'm so glad you made it out here. It's uh, hard to not talk to people. (laughs) For those of you watching, welcome. Um, I'm glad you tuned in this morning as well. I do want to take a minute before we get into the message to pray over the storm. Mr. Henri, who is, um, you know, coming our way. So if you don't mind, just take a minute. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are the ruler of the world and the universe, God, and that you... um, You tell us to speak over the storms and to command it to cease, God. So we just command it, Father, in the name of Jesus. We declare, Father, that this storm, Father, will not uh, come to destroy. It will not come to take away, Father, from our lives. But, Father, we pray for safety. We pray, God, that your people, um, those who trust in you, Father, will, will see your hand even in the middle of the storm, God. And I pray for protection over our city, our state, and our neighboring states, Father, and everybody that's in the trajectory of this storm, Father. Would you um, protect us? Would you cover us, Father? Would you um, just... Calm the storm, God, which is your specialty. We love you, God, and we worship you, and we thank you that you are faithful at all times. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, So we are, like Mariela said, continuing our message uh, this morning. Um, And we're talking about better perspectives. And when J.D. and I were talking about what I was going to, you know, share this morning, um, the thought that came to my, ma- to my mind was a perspective of trust. Um, I believe we all have a measure of trust. You know, if I were to ask you today, do you trust God? I think most people were like, yeah, I do. But I think trust is in a spectrum, right? Trust grows. Trust is not something you like maybe have 100% immediately, but it's something like that little loading bar, right? That it loads as you trust the Lord and as he shows up. Um, Maybe you trust more, you trust less. So I wanted to rephrase this question and maybe say and ask you this morning, what would change in your life if you lived like you trust God? What would change? If you take a minute to just think about that this morning, what would change in your life? If you lived like you trust God, if your actions reflected the fact that you trust God, are there any relationships you would stop forcing? Are there any relationships that maybe you would amend that have been broken, you know, that you'd be like, you know what, I need to amend this? How different would you behave at work if your main perspective was one of the, I trust the Lord, how, how would that impact your day-to-day and at work and what you do at work? If you knew that you could trust God, would you be anxious about the things you're currently anxious about? Would you be worried about it? If you knew that God was on your side and you could trust him. See, I think we're facing a much more silent but equally detrimental pandemic that we're not talking about. As information continues to be manipulated and the news outlets give us, you know, fabricated information many times and they're trying to put things out there that will catch the public's attention and they're disregarding really the source or the validity of what they're putting out there. 
you know, all of this information and we are in an abyss of lies and misinformation. And we know this. We know they're lying to us. They know this. They know that we know. Yet it continues to go and it continues to happen. Why? Because drama equals money. You know, however many clicks, doesn't matter if it's true or not, however many clicks, that, that equals money. And the problem gets even worse when those we love and those we trust begin to post and share and talk about and believe these things. And we go, how in the world can that person believe this? How can they do that? How can they share that? Don't they know? I'll give you an example. You know, how could... I've heard this. How could so-and-so believe that the vaccine is the solution for this pandemic? Don't they know? Or how could so-and-so wear a mask? Don't they know that the government is feeding us bad information? Or you could hear, how could so-and-so vote for that person? They must not love me the way they said they did. Because if, if you did, you wouldn't vote for that person. See, we're hearing this. All the time this is happening and what is happening within us is that we feel that we cannot trust anyone anymore. We're beginning to lose trust in our loved ones, lose trust to er in everyone, in everything. Our trust is being eroded. And this lack of trust, unfortunately, is bleeding into our faith. Right? This lack of trust. If the people that we love and we thought loved us are untrustworthy, how can I trust a God that I do not see and cannot touch? I mean, it's much, it's very subliminal in some ways, and it's very subconscious, but we're feeling this sense of distrust, and it's just bleeding everywhere, and we find ourselves thinking, I have to fend for myself. I have to look out for me because no one else is. I have to take care of me, and unfortunately... There are some. There are some people who are fending for themselves. And if they don't look out for themselves, no one else will. But that's not how God designed it. And that's not how it was supposed to be. See, God created us to be in community with him and others, as a matter of fact. He created us to be in a trusting relationship with him. And the reality is we can survive or at best live handicapped. If we're not in a trusting relationship with God, we go around just, you know, trying to make it. But that's not the way we were designed. And the absence of a relationship with God creates a vacuum that no other person can fill. Now, studies have shown that loneliness is a significant mediator between anxiety and depression. And as I said, so many of us are living anxious and depressed and desperately wanting to fill that void but we're looking to fill it with people or things but that vacuum and that void can only be filled by God it is not more people or more things that we need it is God that we need and I want to take the next few minutes to talk about trusting God talk about growing in this trust with God there is there is no relationship with God without trust I mean, J.D. and I talk about this all the time. This is not a religion. This is a relationship. And we know, what we know about relationship is that without trust, a relationship will not remain. It will not stay, right? It will not persist. We need trust. 
And the same is true for a relationship with God. We need to be able to trust him. And here's the thing. God doesn't want empty traditions. He's not seeking for empty traditions and I'm just going to go through the motions. That's not what he wants. He wants a relationship with you. He wants your heart and he wants your trust. So today I'm going to encourage you, if you have not opened up your Bible this week, I'm going to make you read your whole week's worth of Bible <laughs> of Bible verses. So if you have your Bible, open up in Hebrews 11. I'm going to read out of the NIV version, but you can read out of your own version. And I'm going to encourage you to underline, highlight, click whatever little button, you know, if you're on those, those Bibles, the phone Bible. But mark up the points that you need to go and meditate on this week because we're going to go through some of them pretty fast and some of them a little more detailed. But make sure that you revisit this this week. Um, the first, okay, so... To process, give me a before I start reading, I did want to point out something. These people that we're reading about, sometimes we create a distance between these people because they lived, you know, so long ago. And we don't know them. And we're like, okay, well, you know, Abraham, Isaac, Moses, whoever. But I want to, before we read it, I want to remind you something. These are human beings. These are people just like you and I. And they had the same doubts. They had the same fears. They had to go, they had to fight the same fears and doubts that we do every day. So as we read them, I'm going to encourage you to look at them as a, as a brother or as a sister, as somebody that you would know, and think about what it must have been like to be, to do what they have done, to obey God the way they chose to obey God. So now we can read Hebrews 11. Uh, verse 1 says, now, faith is the confidence of what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command and that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well to his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. I'm going to pause for a minute. By faith, Abel brought to God an offering. You can think about that for a moment. By faith, he brought to God his best. It was through faith. He didn't have, God wasn't standing in front of him um, telling me, bring to me. And he's like, you know having to do what a boss man is telling you to do, right? It was by faith. He believed that God was worthy of his best. He believed, he trusted that God was worthy of his all. So he brought his best to him by faith. Now, verse 5, by faith, Enoch was taken from this life. And so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Can we highlight that? It is impossible to please God without faith. Why? Because if you don't believe, what are you going to bring? What, how are you going to behave? What happens if you act as though you don't believe? 
Think about the opposite of my initial question. What happens day to day when you behave as though you have to handle your life? What does that look like? What do you do? What kind of actions or doors do you push open or force down because you have to fend for yourself and you have to make sure that you promote yourself? What kind of people do you get into relationship with because you think I have to make a way for me? Right? This is very, without faith, we get disconnected. Without trust, we disconnect from God and we tend to think, think, take things into our own hands and eventually the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Can I just, <laughs> I mean, we've all heard the story of Noah. I mean, there's a funny, funny movie about it that Maya keeps wanting to watch all the time. Evan Almighty. <laughs> um, but think about being Noah. I want you to think, take a minute and think about being a man who is asked to build something ridiculously large in the face of so much mockery, right? And build, I mean, it hadn't rained in how long? And he's over here talking about a flood that's going to, you know, take over. Think about that. Think about the trust in the Lord that that required. Verse 8, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to the place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. I'm going to add verse 9.5 in here and, and, say, and give you... J.D. and I's personal story. By faith, J.D. and I left Brazil. And one, one year into our marriage, with no money, no job, with no English, one of us, by faith we went to Houston. And we did not know what God had for us. We did not have any relatives, but we had one promise, that he would be with us. By faith, we were foreigners in a new land. By faith, we remained when there was no prospect, when there was even less money, and still no job. By faith, we lived in apartments. By faith, we went to church. And by faith, we remained until told otherwise. Then by faith, we moved to Stanford, not knowing what God would do here either. Not knowing how it would all turn out. By faith, we believed. And by faith, we remained. By faith, we had twins who eventually came to exist. Because we believed that what God said he was going to do, he was going to do. And he was going to bring healthy children into this world. By faith, we remained. Even when it looked dark. Verse 10. That was 9.5. Verse 10. For he was looking, this is Abraham. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. He is faithful. And so from this one man, he, as good as dead, 
came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, as countless as the sand in the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them as foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to, call their, to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice the one and only son. Even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God would even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac from the dead. Can I appeal to the, the uh, to actually think about this. God makes you a promise, right? He gives you the promise. Whether for you that, you know, maybe that's a child or a spouse or a job or business or health or whatever it is. God gives you the promise and then he asks you, kill it, quit, end the relationship, whatever, right? He tells you to put it all on the line. How do you respond? How do you respond? I mean, I know that if God were to ask me to put my children on the line, I would have to ask a few more questions. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think of this is a human being taking his son up and believing that if, if this child, the one that was promised, that's supposed to be everything, if you're asking for it, you're going to raise him from the dead. The, the, the depth of trust that that requires. The depth of understanding God's faithfulness. Right? By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. Verse 21. By faith, Jacob went when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on top of the staff. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions concerning the burial of bones. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as a son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt before he was looking ahead to his reward. Can I say something? Jesus hadn't come yet. This is all pre-Jesus. So these men and women of God were acting on a promise that had not yet come. They were acting on faith on something that had not yet happened. We have the beautiful advantage of knowing that Jesus has come. We live post-crucifixion and resurrection. We live post-promise. They lived pre. They had not yet, and they didn't know how long it was going to take, and they had no, no real way of substantiating, like physically right 
they had the promise. And that was it. By faith, Moses left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood so that the destroyers of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them seven days. By faith, the prostitute, Ahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. What more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, and about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through fate conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who soothed mouths of lions, quenched the fury of flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured Refusing to be released so that they might again and even better, so that they might again and even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. So they were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, prosecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and holes in the ground. These all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what they had promised. Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Think about this. They saw and fought all of that. Many of them died persecuted. You know, I was thinking about the people who are in Afghanistan at the moment who are being persecuted for their faith and the, the cost they're willing to pay to be near to their Savior, to be near to God, to remain faithful to the one who's loved them. I mean, this, it's like this, right? They're persecuted, flogged, they're hurt, but they remain because they have the promise. Their trust and their belief in God is greater than earthly comfort. It's greater than even a closed door. I want to remind you this morning that closed doors and persecutions does not mean the absence of God. I want to remind you that because we're in relationship with God, it does not mean that everything goes as we plan. We have this understanding that if I trust God, if I believe in God, then everything I want is going to happen. And that is not accurate. God will shut doors for our protection. There will be times we will be persecuted for our faith. There will be times where we will have to stand alone and in belief of what, of what God has promised because no one else gets it. We will too have to face some of these things. It's a different world. 2022 looks different. But the principle remains. We will be tested on our faith. And we will have to demonstrate that we too can stand against diver, uh, persecution. And we can stand against um, all of these other things that come to rob us of our faith. 
We will too have to stand. And so all of, all of these heroes, all of these people that have come before us, they should be encouragement to us. Encouragement that we too can stand on whatever God has asked us to do and we too can have faith and believe in whatever it is that God has asked us to do. So if this was your story, if, this, if, if there was a verse, you know, 22.5, what would be written about you? Would it say, by faith you believed against all odds that God would show up during the hardest season of your life? Would it say that by faith in the midst of the COVID pandemic, you believe what God had promised that he would provide? Would it say that by faith you believe that God would heal your body even when the doctor said nothing else could be done? Would it say of you that by faith you believed the promise of freedom and you were set free? Would, you, would it say that by faith you believe that your marriage would be healed? Would it say that by faith you believe that your child would come home and that they would serve the Lord again? Would it say that by faith... You believed that God would restore those things that were taken from you. And would it say that by faith you forgave even when that was the last thing you wanted to do? What would Hebrews 11 point, you know, whichever verse say if it was telling your story? What would it say? So I'm going to close with the same way I started. Do you trust God? And if so, what would change in your life today if you lived like you trust God? Amen? Amen. J.D.'s going to.